G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi and welcome to the podcast of 2020. You can hear 2020 Australian Eastern Time from 10 each day here on the Vision Radio Network. On today's 2020 podcast, we focus on the nation of Nepal. When you think of Nepal, you probably think of Mount Everest and the Himalayas. But what about the Christian Church? Niraj Gautam is the International Partners Relations Officer for the International Nepal Fellowship. He's in Australia for a series of meetings and he's on the line with us for today's podcast for an update on the Christian Church in Nepal. Hello, Niraj. Welcome to 2020. Hello. Thank you. Niraj, in Australia, I guess this is a different world to what you're used to in Nepal. Uh, In fact, up until recently, it wasn't easy to be a Christian in Nepal. Yes, yes. This is a very drastically different country compared to Nepal. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. Um, uh, But presently, right now, it's... uh, easier than before to be a Christian and live as a Christian in Nepal. Now, those changes that came of recent years uh, came with the development of a new constitution. That's a work in progress. That's still yet to be completed. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, For the last four years, uh, the people of Nepal elected some representatives, 601 representatives, to write a new constitution, and it's still being developed right now and it should be finished in a year's time, most probably. All of the political upheaval that you went through in your home country has brought with it a whole lot of new freedoms, uh, freedoms for you to worship as a Christian, Uh, although it's not particularly easy uh, to worship as a Christian in Nepal. Tell us how it is in day-to-day life when you're a Christian and you're a part of the uh, International Nepal Fellowship. What's it like to be a Christian in Nepal? Um. Usually, most of the people who become a believer, uh, they would either, most of them, meaning around 80% of the new believers, they would either witness a miracle or experience a miracle in their lives, and they are turned uh, towards Jesus Christ. Uh, so they are very fresh new believers. Uh, most of them would be just a single Christian in a family. So the entire culture would be very different from them. Their families would be very different from them because our uh, dominant religion in Nepal and the culture, the Nepali culture, is very intertwined with each other. So to become a believer, we have to leave part of our culture and become somebody very foreign to the general Nepali culture. So there is much persecution from individuals' families um, because the individual who has become a believer is almost becoming an outsider to their own families. So the, the religious foundation in Nepal, uh, Hindu and Buddhist and some animist, uh, yeah. when you break with those traditional religious cultural ties, uh, it's not easy to be a Christian when you come out of those areas. No, it is not. 
uh, a lot of the times it is looked upon as you are betraying your family or you're betraying your kinsmen. Uh, so it is very, very hard uh, to leave all the traditions and the family ties, your culture behind, and become a believer. So it's a big uh, change for most Nepali people. You mentioned miracles. These are uh, supernatural ways that God somehow just breaks in on our lives and does amazing things. What sort of miracles have you seen in people's lives that have turned them from those traditional uh, religious cultural bases and uh, that they've discovered Christ? It's usually when people are sick, um, terribly sick, uh, they would take them to hospitals, and if they are not still cured, they would take them to different um, uh, Hindu or Buddhist uh, uh, rituals that they would do. And finally, somebody would tell them about uh, Christians and that they would pray for them. And as Christians visit uh, sick people's homes and lay hands on them and pray, they become well. And and, and the things that ha- wasn't being able to cure, be cured, would be cured. And people, entire families would turn around and start worshiping Jesus. Or uh, I have witnessed people with demon possessions, um, demons being taken out from individuals and and them turning around and worshiping Jesus and their families later on doing that, the same thing. So this is uh, uh, experienced by Nepali people over and over. And our church where, where we worship in, in Pokhara right now, Pokhara, Nepal, we have around uh, regular members are around 400, 500 people. And probably more than 80% of them have experienced this and are first-generation Christians. So this, uh, for a Nepali Christian, uh, the idea of miracles happening in people's lives is something not foreign at all. What you're saying is that virtually everyone who comes into the Christian church in Nepal, which is growing substantially, is experiencing a miracle from God. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, uh, and uh, one of the things I think they would experience is love, to love and care from other Christians and fellow Christians uh, that they wouldn't uh, quite uh, necessarily experience outside. Let, let's say, uh, previous generation, uh, the generation before me, there were a lot of leprosy people, and INF has been working for leprosy people, uh, with leprosy people for last uh, nearly 60 years in Nepal. And leprosy people would be very outcasts of the society. In the villages, they had to live in a jungle by themselves or in caves. And they would uh, somehow hear about INF's uh, clinics in these areas, remote areas, and leprosy people would come. And after five or six years of living in a jungle by themselves or in caves, they would come to clinics. And for the first time in five or six years' time, a human being would touch them. You know, they would be untouchables but a person would touch them and care for them, care for their wounds. And this love and care really transforms people's lives too. This is the important thing, isn't it? Uh, that while there are miracles that are happening in people's lives, people's bodies and lives being healed, uh, this care that comes uh, from the clinics, the administration of medication uh, to deal with uh, issues like um, when you mentioned um, uh, people with... Um, Leprosy. With people with leprosy, this love that comes is something, I guess, that people have not been used to experiencing. Yes, uh, this uh, extraordinary love that when everybody is, uh, is treating them as an outsider or, or an outcast, uh, when people treat them as an equal, as a human being, uh, 
and touch them and care for them. That is, uh, uh, that is something different that they have never experienced. You're listening to the 2020 podcast. And remember, you can hear us streaming online at vision.org.au. We're back now talking about the Christian church in the nation of Nepal with Naraz Gautam from the International Nepal Fellowship. We've heard that miracles are happening in the lives of Nepalese people and bringing them to a relationship with Christ. Naraz, when it comes to the growth of the church in Nepal, how quickly and how well is the church growing? The church is going really uh, very fast. Um, I, I was in Nepal till 2000, and I left 2000 uh, to go for my studies in the States, and I returned back in late 2007. And when I returned back in seven years' time to my church, home church in Nepal, I could hardly recognize anybody. So the growth has been extraordinary in, in Nepali churches, and th- that is just one uh, church in, in a city area in Nepal. And we hear of village churches being uh, growing really, really fast these days. You mentioned in our last segment that miracles are very much a part of the growth of the church and people who are experiencing miracles are finding Jesus Christ. Uh, When it comes to those sorts of miracles, I I guess, is there a discrimination between the rich and the poor? Is it the poor who are responding to the gospel or are there those who are wealthy who are also responding? It's mostly poor and outcasts of the society who are responding to the gospel. But there are, in the city areas, there are rich and wealthy people who are responding to the Gospels too. And there are intellectual people who are responding to the Gospel in their own uh, ways too. Uh, For example, there are college students who are coming to the church and and finding answers to questions that they have been looking for. Or there are uh, wealthy people who have really suffered through some kind of sickness and uh, Christians through the prayer of Christians, they have been healed and they are turned around and they come and become believers. So they are businessmen uh, and, uh, and college students, and generally it's the poor people too in, in the church. So a church is a mixture of all groups of people. Niraz, what is the main thing that's holding the church back in Nepal? What challenges are the biggest challenges that you're facing there that perhaps Australian believers can continue in prayer for and uh, to see those things overcome? Um, I think one of the challenges that Nepali churches are facing right now would be with the freedom of religion in Nepal, there has been a rise in false teaching around around Nepal. Uh, so the classic uh, false teachings of Christianity that has been around in Christianity for over thousands of years uh, is in Nepal right now. Uh, and especially the false teaching revolves around Trinity. Uh, so somebody would say, uh, Yahweh is the only God and Jesus is not God. Or somebody would come around and say, there's Mary, Mother God, is the only God. Um, so there are a lot of false teaching going around, and because uh, most of the population in Nepal are poor, uh, the false teachers are uh, attracting believers uh, who are generally poor and new believers by enticing them with money uh, and wealth, and giving them uh, money to become a believer in their church. 
So that, that has been a big problem in Nepali churches recently. There are challenges, and I guess through the history of the church, where there's been false teaching that's arisen, uh, there are those who are within the church who've risen to the occasion uh, to be able to defend faith and to defend an orthodox position on some of those areas of teaching which we hold uh, very true and pure in our Christian understanding. Yes, yes, and uh, I think we need in Nepali churches... Uh, leaders like that to uh, rise up and defend the faith uh, that has been given to us. Uh, and I think one of the things that Nepali church who uh, must do or should do re- uh, in, in coming uh, future is that we have to write, probably write a document and say that this is what we believe as a Christian uh, in Nepal uh, so that we can um, distinguish between false teaching and, and, and the Christian faith. So with fast growth in Nepal and a relatively new church because Christianity was really outlawed up until fairly recent times, there are some challenges ahead. Niraj, I'll point people to your website at www.inf.org and uh, there might be some who want to keep uh, in touch with you in some way. I know that you're going to be doing a series of meetings later this month in Brisbane. There'll be some dates on www.inf.org. Niraz Gautam, the International Partners Relations Officer for the International Nepal Fellowship, thanks for being with us today on 2020. Thank you very much. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.